Hello, welcome to our first episode of the Abundant Life podcast with Nikisha Lawrence. Call me Nikki. Today I'm so excited. I have my first guest, my cousin, Akil. He is going to be sharing a little bit about um, where he's from, what he's doing, and a little bit about his journey with the Lord. Um, so get excited. <laughs> So welcome, Akil. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. (laughs) And how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm excited about this um, first episode having you on there, which is such a blessing. So thank you so much for joining. Um, So as you guys know, um, well, some of you guys know, um, my family, my parents, my mom and dad, they were both born in Trinidad and they were raised there. And um, Akil, he's born... And he currently lives in Trinidad, but he has come to visit the U.S. So how, how has the U.S. been for you? Um, yes. So let me start off by saying thank you for having me. I'm honored <laughs> to be the first guest yes. for, you know, such a, a very powerful um, institution that has just set up and this journey that you're about to embark on. Um, yes. So as you said, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. My time in the U.S. has been very interesting, enjoyable. Um, It would be a time that I miss, (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But, you know, it was also a very fruitful time. I was able to contribute in some way toward the continued development um, within my family circle. And, you know, some people outside, I met some cool people. And um, I just I just see where um, you, our purpose can con- it, it unfold sometimes. And sometimes when we just have these casual journeys that we decide to embark on in life. And, you know, it really is a joy to see how God is here, there, and everywhere in the Yes, <laughs> yes. Amen. Thank you. And um, how long have you um, lived in Trinidad for? for um, so I'm born and bred, so I've been there my entire life. I never left to um, live anywhere else for any prolonged period of time. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've been there, so I've, I've did my primary school education there, my secondary education there, and even my tertiary level education there. So, and my career first started there and ongoing as you speak. <laughs> Amazing. So like, since you've been in the U.S. for six months, can you tell us how is it different from Trinidad? Like, Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky one. Um, because I guess my experience would be different from others because even though there's the mainstream culture of a country, we have our own subcultures that our families um, nurture us by. And... Um, so for me, it, it will definitely be along the lines of that culture. Um, Trini is a beautiful country, Trinidad and Tobago. It's a twin island republic, so it's two islands, um, but one country. There's one government that presides over, um, and there is a sublet of that government that governs over the um, smaller of the two islands, Tobago. Um, it's a country that has a very rich history, in the dating as far back as before Columbus and the Europeans um, 
you know, there's archaeological evidence for African presence there and indigenous peoples um, known as the Amerindians. Um, they were there prior to that colonial period. But that whole demographic changed um, with the advent of African enslavement. Um, and the country during that period had different administrations. So there was a Spanish at one point in time, French at one point in time, British. But we have uh, obtained both uh, independence and it's actually a republic nation. So there is no official tie still to any of those countries that would have once governed, right? Um, amongst countries that were both, that were formerly governed by um, the British, Guyana and Trinidad are the only two countries that are republics. So that was just to set up a little background yes. of the country. Um, and at the end of slavery, they would have had indentured um, labor systems. So that allowed the country to have different faces, people from different walks of life. People who came from Asia, people who came, were still coming from the African continent and even um, people who were creolized in other parts of the Caribbean territory that they came as well. So we have a history of um, an intertwining of Portuguese culture, Spanish culture, French culture, African culture, and various African cultures um, to boot, um, even European culture, right? Um, so yes, but we have a very unique, out of a situation like that, we have a very unique culture. Um, it was very traditionally a very simple way of life. Mm. Um, where principles like um, it takes a community to raise a child, those things were employed in the daily lifestyle. With the rise of media, however, and the influence of Western culture, um, you would find that there, is, there have been a lot of aspirations for people to start incorporating cultural things from here, mm -hmm. there. You know, mm -hmm. it's in, in the... Um, some of the food practices that we, you know, engage in, sometimes some of the clothing, those fashion trends, um, even with the music. But I would still say that even though that uh, influence came to play, there's still a very strong unit uh, <laughs> of our culture. We are very big on um, music. We are very big on having a good time. Um, and I have this word liming mm -hmm. <laughs> to represent that. And it has nothing to do with a citrus fruit. You know, it's literally just the coming together of people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what space you're in and for what purpose. And we come to have a good time. And mm -hmm. that encompasses liming, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's a big part of our culture. Um, <laughs> there's so many things I can go on and on oh, about so it. Um, but as it relates to differences... Um, Especially in New York, I realized mm. that it's a little different even from in Florida here where it's very fast-paced. Mm. Um, and I see where it can cause some people to come across as selfish. Mm. Not that they're intentionally trying to be that way, but mm -hmm. they have to secure their own mm -hmm. and what is required for them to um, manage the daily operations of their homes, their families, the jobs. and They just have to be within a specific program mm -hmm. in order to really have a good running. And that 
to me was a little um different mm. because I saw like some friends and family here and I was telling them, You guys are not taking care of yourselves. I'm like that's not I don't know life that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know life where you just, you know, work this and you do everything and you compromise taking care of yourself. I said mm-hmm. that's an important part it of it, you know. Yes. Um so where I could have helped I I you know let loan the hand. Mm-hmm. Um but that was the I I think if I have to really um rank it that was one of the major things that I realized. I was like, wow, this is what the culture does. To here, but I, I see where there there is recreation. There's the enjoyment. There's a lot of things to do. A lot more options of activities. Um, things are definitely a little more convenient and accessible here. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the things I appreciated, mm-hmm. um, nonetheless. But those are some of the the um the differences. Food was definitely different because <laughs> <laughs> in Trinidad and Tobago they cook with a lot of spices. Um, a lot of favorite because so many cultures coming together okay. that our culinary habits are really it creates fireworks <laughs> in yes. your teeth, oh, yes. in your mouth, you know. And I know you had yes, a I, fair agree. Share I agree. <laughs> so yeah, so that's some of the um, differences that I can identify presently, um, having spent that period of time here, juxtaposed against what I know from back home. Yes. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. Like, yes, you guys need to go to Trinidad, Tobago. It's beautiful there. The hills, just the people, the food, and exactly the culture and liming. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you for sharing that in the history. Um, but yeah, I just want to um, just want like for you to just share um, a little bit about um, what God has been showing to you and any maybe God story you have that you would like to share. Ah, <laughs> okay. Um, there are a couple of stories. Well, <laughs> but I think one of the most memorable, um, and the ones that the one that is most dearest to my heart presently, was my experience in the field of teaching, mm. and how I gained that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, as a believer. One of the things that I remembered when I got baptized at the age of 16, um, there was an understanding that filled me in terms of one of the differences between being a believer and a non-believer. And one word came to mind, and it was awareness. Mm. There's a certain awareness now that is a part of your consciousness that you live by. Mm -hmm. Not that it didn't exist before, but awareness brings things that exist around you Right, that you were not mindful of into your mind and into your daily life and into your consciousness, just simply by the fact of awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the major differences between being a believer and non believer to me. Yes, and um, so I know that on that note of awareness, I know that sometimes there are a lot of people that may not understand their role or their purpose and I'm saying that to say sometimes when we pray for things um, we expect it to be gifted or granted in a particular way mm-hmm. you know and I have learned to realize that we pray and we make our petitions and God chooses the way in which it will come to us 
And when you really sit back and you observe and you just subject yourself to not really take control of that, but really to be just a receiver of it, you begin to understand why the opportunity had to come in the way that it did. You know? Yes. And it's um it infringes on another principle um with Christ, Jesus Christ. Why a lot of people probably did not believe at that time because the outlook of um the Messiah did not reflect what was trending for the world to know a king to be. Mm-hmm. So for that reason they did not accept but you know, there are so many different um reasons why it had to have been that way you know it was such a unassuming way it was such a humble way Mm -hmm. you know um because sometimes we ourselves when we are climbing the ladder we could lose the handle of humility and that in its very essence is it it captures the very essence of how the kingdom should be received Mm -hmm. you know because the the word of god says that i am except a man be as a a child Mm -hmm. you know um, the kingdom of heaven, sorry, is likened unto the the mind of a child, you know. And and if you are, if you don't, if you don't bear that, you're gonna miss out a lot of the things that you're intended to receive. So for me, that happened one year precisely after I left high school. I was one year into my degree program, and. I remember that year was one that was, there was a lot of activity surrounding church. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a couple of baptisms well. Um, there were a couple of prayer meetings well that people had personally um, at their homes. And I was just really invested in all of those things, excited, you know, this young, fiery <laughs> believer. You want to be a part of everything, mm-hmm, yes. right? And um, I've never been a person to be a lover of money. I have never felt that desire or feeling in my heart before. Um, but I was so extreme that I did not even like make, have any great ambition like to pursue mm-hmm. getting a lot of money and these things like that. Um, in my heart, I just knew that mm, I wanted to be comfortable mm-hmm. and I wanted to have wealth that I could share with people. But I never mm-hmm. thought about a plan and these things like that. I was very naive <laughs> mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so at that point in time, I remember things were a little challenging though. And I was just about to prepare to take a year off mm-hmm. from the university because mm-hmm. I needed a break. Um, cause prior to that, I've been going to school from age two and a half all the way until that point. No breaks. Wow. So I felt like I needed a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I was a part of a Bible study class that would take place every Wednesday and um, I remember then that particular Wednesday class, what was being um, examined was that experience of Israel fighting the Philistines and their champion Goliath, you know, story mm-hmm. of David and Goliath, yes. <laughs> you know. But in that class, I remember having a different experience, a very, very strong maturing experience because it was more than a narrative. It was more than a story, Right. Um, and what I, what, um, entered me and what I received was just some words that were used 
because I remembered that um, the champion soldiers and the, the strong soldiers, you know, King Saul was reigning at that time. And they were sending him out on the battlefield. And, you know, to every champion they sent out, they were to come back wounded. They were not winning the battle. And David's purpose was not even to go there to fight. His father sent him with food to carry for his brothers. Because mm-hmm. brothers were there to fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and they were giving him a hard time, you know, troubling him a bit. And, um, you know, he just decided to inquire. And in his contemplation, in his mind, you know, there was one perspective that he applied to the situation. You know, he didn't say, oh my gosh, look at these giants that have come up against us. Oh my gosh, these men look so strong. Oh my gosh, the enemy is so great. Oh my gosh, you know, he did not just acknowledge the the, the strength and the magnitude of the enemy and, and what the enemy is capable of. He held a position by saying how these uncircumcised men have come up against the children of God, the children mm-hmm. of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, and while I heard that, you know, it just sounded something in my mind. And I said, you know what, sometimes we really do gratify the things that seem that it has a stronghold against our motion of moving forward in life, whatever is there to hinder us. You know, sometimes we look upon it and we really gratify it more than we should. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. And what we should really do is focus and look within on, on to who we are and who we are in the sight of God and who we are to God and who God is to us. Because all of these things I received in David's expression of the simple fact, how have these uncircumcised men... And in that day, the issue of circumcision and uncircumcision... Mm-hmm being the mark of the covenant mm-hmm. of the children of God. You know, today we would, we would say that, you know, we're baptized unto Christ. And that in itself is the representation of this covenant, you know. Um, and when David did that, and he went to, to Saul, the king, um, and he started to speak unto the battle, and, and you know, paraphrasing here a bit, um, David was subjecting himself to go on the battlefield. And this is point number two. So there was a process that started when I first heard that. Mm. So this was the second thing that I heard that continued this process within myself. Mm -hmm. And I heard when um, they put on armor on David. But it it didn't fit him, you know, as the other soldiers because he wasn't built that Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. you know. And we know that so much so that when the prophet Samuel went to anoint the next king, um, he didn't think David, it was David because mm-hmm. everyone else looked oh, yeah. the part, you know. Yes. And um, David took the armor off and he said to the king, King Saul, he said, he cannot use this armor because it's not proven. He didn't prove the armor. You know, and that's the thing about um, armies and, and, and those days when they had arms and armory and, and whatnot. When you uh, finish producing the armor, you have to go out there and use it now. And you, so you're proving it to know, okay, what it's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And he was also setting that clear distinction of how he was viewing the battle because he was saying that this earthly armor, really and truly, I didn't really use it to fight 
my battle. So, so what he was then now setting up is the armor he was going to use is the armor by faith. Mm, wow. The armor yes. by faith. Yes. You know, and again, I started to reflect. Sometimes when we have particular situations, we, we might put our trust in something um, that, you know, the, the 20th Psalm says, David wrote, some trust, trust in chariots and mm-hmm. some trust in horses. He said, yeah. but I trust in the name of our Lord, you know? Yes. And, um, and yeah. And while I was a child, I guess we would, we would have focused on the objects that were used to take down Goliath, which was the stones and the slingshot. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point in time, I realized it didn't really matter if it was a feather Mm. Um, a wow. dart, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, if it was a strawberry, <laughs> you know, because that was just um, the physical representation of what is unassuming, what can be made out to be simple, you know. Um, two, because faith in itself is not fueled by anything physical, mm. because you know we read Hebrew says yes is the um, the um, the evidence of things hoped for, mm-hmm. right? Um, and hope in itself, how could it... So when you, you start to di- dissect that and mm-hmm. you say hope in itself is something that's intangible, it's not physical, mm-hmm. how could we talk about f- evidence for something we can't see? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. So, yeah, so it gets you thinking, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's why there was something unassuming that was used to take down this giant, you know, because... God doesn't require the perfect situation. God doesn't require the perfect, what the world presents as the logical tool mm. for this particular job, wow. right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't do, God is, God is the God that makes the impossible possible. Wow. It's a God that watches into a void and say, let there be light. And there was light. So mm-hmm. at the very sounding of his voice, things are created. Oh, yes. You know, we, we, had, we saw that he was a way maker. How are we going to get the pharaohs on our backs? We have come to the Red Sea. How are we going to go through now? And he opened up the waters, you know? So logic in itself is not sufficient to really have you, your, you, your thinking cap on to be operating in faith, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it goes beyond logic. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if we use logic, the Red Sea parting would not make sense to us. Mm-hmm. If we use logic... Um, that staff that Moses threw down with the, um, that manifested into the snake, eating Pharaoh's magicians, two snakes, that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? Manna coming from heaven, yeah. that won't make any sense. <laughs> and a slingshot with a couple pebbles taken on a giant, that won't make sense as well, yes. you know? Wow. So, and all of these, all of these um, nuggets of understanding were not being spoken by the teacher. We were just going through it, but this is what was happening within your whole process. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And at the end of the class, as always, um, she said, okay, let's pray. And I remembered very, so I started to pray as I would, you know, but there was a, a difference. There was a, an unspeakable sense of passion. There was something that was inflamed within me. Um, and I know today, that I could see, I knew it was the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, but at that point in time, I was much younger, mm-hmm. you know, and still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that that was the Holy Spirit that, you know, it, it's, it's like what, what, um, when Peter was preaching, um, this is in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost and, you know, 
and that the, the Holy Spirit came down, it's like tongues of fire. Mm-hmm. You know, the experience was like none to that. Wow. And I remember while I started to pray, my tongue started to feel like it was my own. Like I had no control. Mm. Like I literally felt that like there was a vibration that um, was taking control of it because yeah. I started to make declarations in a particular way. I started to speak in a particular direction. And I was like, I just surrendered to the experience. Yeah. And added to that, it, what was really, what made the experience even more um, intricate and intimate was that I actually started to have a vision while I was praying. And in the vision, I saw myself um, on top of a mountain and I was digging up something out of the ground, digging it up, digging it up. Um, I didn't see anything beyond that. Um, this was Wednesday of that week, right? What I did not know is at that same time, one of my aunts in the US, she usually prayed at her house on a Wednesday, just her and her family. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And she said she heard the voice of the Holy Spirit telling her to pray for me. Wow. So while I was mm-hmm. praying, I didn't know she was mm-hmm. praying. And she mm-hmm. started to pray. And I guess she was a little more spiritually mature than I was. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, well, she started to pray. She saw me at the top of a mountain digging up something. Oh, wow. Now, this is, I only knew this the day after when she called me. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I called to find out is everything okay. I was praying for you last night and I saw you and you were digging up. So I was like, what? what? So when she said that now, I was like, yo, oh my gosh. I was having a real supernatural yeah. experience, oh, wow. you know. And um, so why I figured that, you know, she was a little more spiritually mature than I was with her lens because she saw a little beyond that and she saw we actually dug up something and it was like a chest and we broke the chains and when she said we broke the chains i remember at one point in time i was praying against breaking chains Mm. you know and um she said when she opened the chest it was like old um exam scripts from when i was in high school and she said she's seen the date she's seen my handwriting and they were locked in there and i was like Okay, wow. So I was like, okay. I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So this is bearing in mind that I was preparing to take a year off. I signed, I went and signed the documents at the university on the Monday. The Wednesday was the Bible class when I had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thursday now I'm hearing that this experience was actually a movement in the spirit. And it extended as far as into her prayer meeting Mm -hmm. and you know there was an agreement Mm -hmm. of prayer on my behalf Mm -hmm. and um casually that afternoon i went driving with one of my cousins and i said to her quite confidently Mm -hmm. um unknowingly to the fact um you know i think i'm gonna get a job you know and she really thought i was joking she (laughs) even said um well guess what Wish the same thing for me. Now get the feeling for me too. And I was like, okay. And then um, I said, no. I said, I'm being serious. I said, don't make fun of me. I'm being serious. I don't know. I have this feeling. I feel it within, you know, my stomach that I'm going to get a job. I said, but I wasn't looking for any job. I did not apply for any job. Okay. At that time, I didn't live at my parents' home. I lived at my grandmother's. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really didn't really visit my parents home very often Mm -hmm. um and the thursday evening someone messaged me to ask if i had a history book that they wanted to use 
I did, I did have it. I called my mom. She said, yes, it's there. So my mom was coming up the following day and she gave me the keys and said, well, I say I'm going to go down to get the book. So when I went down, as soon as I opened, started opening the front door, I heard the phone ringing. I walked in. When I answered, I heard, good morning. I'm trying to get a key. And I was like, wow, who's calling for me? You know, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, because I had been years since I was living there. And um, when the person presented themselves, they said that they were the vice principal of my alma mater, secondary school. And I was like, why is the vice principal calling me? I, yeah. I don't go to high school no yeah. more. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing these days? And I said, well, I just um, applied for a year off. And she did not wait for me to continue. She said, perfect. She said, how do you feel about teaching history and social studies? In my mind, I was like, what? Me? Teach? Wow. Uh, and I was ready to, you know, sometimes um, when unexpected opportunities come by, mm-hmm. it can be intimidating. And I felt intimidated. And I was like, me? How could I teach? Because even though you know me to be very charismatic and stuff now, I was very shy. Very, very, very shy. Um, I had... I didn't want to say this part yet, but... I um I would have had a lot of issues with self-esteem and mm. confidence and these things I had. So I took all of those things into consideration in one that one second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, me, teach? I was only 18 years old. Mm. I was like, they may have students that are older than I am or my age. And all of these things. Yeah. And I told her, I was about to tell her no. And then I said, wait this may be an opportunity for you to actually make some money too. So, <laughs> so imagine I thought about that, being intimidated by everything else. And I was mm-hmm. like, um, okay, maybe, why not? No. And she was like, okay, come on Monday for, um, and we'd have a discussion and we'll make a final decision. Mm. When I thought I was going for an interview, that's what I prepared myself for. Yes. I went into the office to hear, okay, so there is... Um, so at five school high school there is like five years, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the third year they would call it form three. Mm-hmm. So the vice principal said, "So there's a form three history class going on right now. So you can go up to the class, find out what they're doing, you know, engage them a little bit, and then we will discuss all the the rest of the curriculum and stuff." So good, enjoy. Oh. Go across there, get yourself um, whiteboard markers and a duster. She'll give you a book. And I was like, it's just like that. Oh my gosh, wow. you know, glory to God. Yes. You know, yeah. and, um, and that, the rest was history. I ended up teaching for nine years. Wow. I mean, the nice. experience, I was able to expand the portfolio, teaching social studies, history, music, theater arts, you know. Um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, I, I remembered that one of the things I started, after I got baptized at age 16, I started praying about things like my confidence and, mm. and um, the way that I see myself. I remember I always prayed saying, Lord, please allow me, loan me the lens so that I can see myself in the way that you see me. Mm. Those are the type of prayers I would That's pray. Good, yeah. You know, I want to know who I am. You know, I want, I want to know what is my purpose, you know. Um, how do I fulfill your will in my daily walk? And, you know, these type of things. Mm-hmm. And um, in retrospect, I can look back and say that a lot of those prayers were answered in that experience, mm. right? Because 
um, in order to be an effective teacher, mm-hmm. you know, the other, you have to be in control of that classroom. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with trying to be a mean person or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yes. But you have to remember, you are, these are young minds, and we can talk about it in, in a spiritual sense, that, you know, that may be subject to so many mistakes, subject to so many negative influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to know, you have to know the approach. Mm-hmm. You have to know, you have to stand guard in your classroom to know how to sometimes transform a, a way of thinking that, your students may be developing or be subjected to mm-hmm. uh, because it just won't work. It would lead to a specific path down a specific road. And um, in the experience, I realized that I was passionate about that. And that passion, allow, along with the gift of God in me, mm-hmm. allowed me to grow as a, pers- as a person. Wow. I, I grew greater in regarding patience. Mm. I was also still a very patient person, but... You know, I grew a lot in, with patience, um, my integrity, um, my compassion. Um, I, you know, and I see where a lot of what I lacked in my character was built during those years. You know, and today all I can look back and say is um, I'm really thankful to God. Um, not just for prep, providing the opportunity, but for... for stirring up within me how to receive it mm-hmm. because that allowed me to reap what I needed to from the experience you know because sometimes we experience something in life and um, we just have we just had the experience and what it was intended for um, we don't obtain it you know and that's why I remember we had a discussion and I was saying that's why sometimes things happen in cycles mm, yep. in your life. It's because there is something that is supposed to grow within you via that experience, you know. Um, and I'm really thankful that I was able to obtain what I needed to from that experience. So that's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so <good. laughs> you know, what I really hope yeah. that it, um, it can assist in someone who's probably sometimes you even having a struggle with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because for me, I didn't come from very strong, a strong financial background, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't come from a home like that, but I came from a home of love. I came mm-hmm. from a home with the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the things that, you know, nurtured the person that I was up until that point And, it continued to nurture the person that I am today, you know, and it's, it just, what it had, what it did as well is enriching my perspective on how God works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we don't understand the way that God works, we can become frustrated Oh yeah. because we, sometimes we feel like we're praying and we, we don't get a sense that the prayers have been answered. You start questioning yourself. Is it because I'm not praying in the right way? Um, you know, is it because of me? Is there something wrong with me? You know, what is this? Is, is, this, is this God business that I was sold um, a lie? Is it false? All of these things enter, you know, you could enter your mind. Yes, true. You know, and um, when, when we have experiences like these in life, and I also thank God for the gift of memory. Mm-hmm. Because when I would have a season 
um, that is that what seems like a, a difficult season for me. Mm-hmm. I reflect and I remember these occurrences, mm-hmm. and it helps me know that uh uh-uh, uh, the the God will never lead me onto these things, and then guess what? Forsake me. Oh, That's yeah. not what He said in His Word. True. You know, He doesn't lead you to forsake you. That's mm-hmm. not what He said. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes God just looks on to see what we are going to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a good parent and a child. You know, you're grooming this child, you're grooming this child, you're grooming this child. But sometimes you would only know if what you're grooming, you can only gauge and measure how much of it is retained sometimes when a child is subject to a situation. Mm-hmm. And then you would know, okay, depending on the, the decisions that you make, you'd know, okay, guess what? Ah, okay, she's learning or he's learning. Or, uh-oh, we need, I need to do another strategy here for them to learn, you know? Yes. So I hope that um, the listeners continue <laughs> to stay encouraged um, and who could find themselves in that situation where they can identify with, you know, having that lack of confidence. And, you know, I, and I learned that from my grandmom. She, she said to me, when I said, Granny, how do I pray? And she said, you pray to God just like how you talk to me. Mm, yep. She said, everything just... So that's why I took that to heart very seriously. So I, I tell God everything. I said, Lord, I'm confused. You know, um, this is happening in my life. And, you know, I don't understand. And sometimes you get these deposits within you that just, you know, um, gets you, keeps you going and keeps you staying encouraged. And mm. I hope that um, this... Um, <laughs> little <laughs> testimony you know encourages someone to know that um, yes God is still in the business of answering prayers mm-hmm. um, but sometimes sometimes the way that we think is not always the way that God thinks mm-hmm. so don't have too rigid mm-hmm. of an expectation concerning how just be confident knowing that God will wow. yes. right yes. Um, because for me I, like I said, I didn't have a plan for acquiring money. Um, that was an issue for me then, though. Um, I didn't know how to go about gaining my confidence um, in myself and acknowledging that um, strength um, of God being in my life. And God was able to navigate it by purposing this situation and this opportunity in my life. And I could see it did and it has transformed and it grew the person that I am and it will not be fruitful without mentioning that that to every experience as a believer that you have whether it comes across to you as good or bad it's always purposed and the purpose of it is that growing realization of who you are and this character because the character is intended to reflect the gift of God so it's not just the, a good miracle and then there is... Because, you know, God is not here walking on the earth, but we are. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 we, it's God in us. So when God gives you the opportunity for the testimony and you share that testimony, it must also reflect in the character, you know, because someone will say, oh my gosh, he has such a, an immeasurable... Um, um, immeasurable amount of compassion that I, I, I don't see with the regular man on the street, you mm. know. Um, the way that you exercise patience, it's different. Mm. And when they see these things, they, they sort of fall in love with the character 
and the gift so they, they begin to understand that the way, they begin to understand the way of God mm-hmm. because the way of God that's the that's the whole purpose of churching and the word of God because to a non-believer sometimes it might be difficult for them to understand but when they see it manifested in you Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, this is what this is who this God that you tell me about is. It's, it's so compassionate towards me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Then I want to know this God. Yeah. You know, this God is so patient. Oh my God. Oh my God. Then I want to know this God. Oh, you know? Yeah. So um I hope that this was <laughs> I know I did a lot of talking oh, there. That's amazing, yes. <laughs> but I hope that um this was just genuine and Pure of was, yeah. my experience that I had, and I hope it could serve some bit of fruitfulness to someone else, and that their testimony would then serve fruitfulness unto someone else, and we we continue having a, a healthy body. <laughs> yes, amen. Wow, <laughs> that was so amazing. Thank you. It encouraged me, and I know it's going to encourage people. Thank you for just sharing your heart and just thank you for just being a reflection of God's love and goodness and kindness and character. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for yes. having me. Yes. <laughs> and thank God, you know, yes. for being in our lives. So that because all these things are not possible had it not been for God. Amen. <laughs> exactly. I agree. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for um, tuning in. And um, remember, keep God first and trust him. And he is going to establish your steps. So talk to you soon. Bye.